0: Welcome to Marksman, a podcast for men who have been marked by Christ and who are aiming their lives at Christ likeness. I'm Mark Spellman, your host, and I want to welcome you to today's conversation. Um, We are on quite a journey here on Marksman, have been for a number of weeks and we're not finished. We have been on a journey in Hebrews chapter 11. We have been looking at the Hall of Fame of faith, <laughs> the Hall of Fame of faith. It's, uh, this is a whole chapter in our Bibles where God commends and God affirms. And God, if you could say it this way, he's praising these men's lives. He's, he's uh, appraising them. He's placing tremendous value on them. And he's not saying that they did everything right. <clears throat> that their life was perfect. Um, you can read about their lives, which is what we've been doing. And you can see they didn't always make right choices yet. Their faith remained in God. Their faith, their trust, their obedience was something that God now is highlighting and upholding for all of us who are followers of Christ, who have been marked by Christ. We can see how these men, these men's lives actually embody the life of Christ, that Christ was clearly marked by these men. Jesus found himself in the Word of God. I mean, when you look at these different men, whether it's Abel or Enoch or Noah or Abraham or uh, Isaac or Jacob, all men that we've already talked about, if you've missed any of these conversations, just go back on the Marksman feed and just uh, pick up the journey. Each one of them, some of them we had to spend two and three weeks on. And uh, just finished up with Jacob, had to spend three weeks on Jacob um, because it's worth taking time because, again, Jesus found himself in the word. And who he was and what his life would do. You know, I've heard it said when I was in Bible school, I don't know if it was an Old Testament survey or New Testament survey. I'll see if I can get this quote correct. I'm pulling this off the cuff here. Um, It said, the New Testament is the Old Testament uh, explained. The Old Testament is the New Testament contained. I'll say that again, maybe say it in the correct form. The Old Testament is the New Testament contained. The New Testament is the Old Testament explained. Um, Hopefully that isn't too tricky. (laughs) But I think you get the point. The point is, is that Jesus had the Old Testament Scriptures. He, of course, is going to establish a new covenant and a new way of walking with God. And yet he wasn't going to violate the Old Covenant. He was actually, in his own words, he was going to fulfill he was going to fulfill. And so all the men, all the families, the heritage, which clearly is important to God. I mean, you have a couple locations where extreme detail is given to the, the genealogy. And how many times do you see in the Old Testament when they talk about a certain man doing something, they say he was the son of this person and they were the son of this person. They were the son of this person. So genealogy, heritage, legacy is so important to God. In fact, he's called the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Again, always connecting God generationally and that's one of the things we hope you catch as a man is god's intention Generationally, and that it's not just about my life being a witness for Jesus Christ. It's about what I impart into the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. And you might be sitting there saying, well, I thought Jesus is coming back. We don't have much time. Okay. That may, that may likely be true. I'm, I'm, I'm a firm believer that our time is short, but that does not change God's ways, even if When we do come back, there's still going to be people born in the earth. There's still going to be people born throughout the millennial. But regardless of what your end-time position is, the Scripture is clear. God is a God of generations, and we we need to be sure that one of the most important things we leave uh, as an inheritance for our children and our children's children is not only lands and homes and resources and ability, but also, most importantly, they receive a heritage of faith. And again, back to what we were talking about. Jesus found himself in the Word, and so these men were looking at these men that we have taken weeks to just look into their lives. These men marked Jesus; they marked him. They said they spoke something to him of who he was, and who he finally uh, stepped out in at age thirty, and said as he read Isaiah sixty-one, and he said. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. He was the word made flesh. So the word that we read about in Hebrews 11, talking about all these men, about Abel, who brought that more excellent sacrifice and and offering, and about Enoch, who walked with God and was not because he had a testimony That he pleased God. And about Noah, Noah, a man who, with his family, partnered with God to build an ark for the saving of his household, and therefore left a witness in his generation that he was righteous and that he had found favor with God. And then, of course, Abraham, our father in the faith, a man, according to Genesis 18, God knew him that he would command his household. He would be a leader in his home, not just in his home, but in business. We talked all about that. And he would lead them in the way of the Lord. And then, of course, uh, him and his wife Sarah walking together had their first son, Isaac, son of promise, I should say, that actually he and Sarah had. And then, of course, Isaac had Jacob. And of course, here we are now talking in Hebrews 11, verse 22. We're going to move into specifically talking about Joseph, and Joseph was one of the 12 sons of Jacob, one of the 12 sons of Israel. Of course, Israel was the name that Jacob received after he wrestled with God. He wrestled with that angel that night, and he prevailed, and and that angel spoke a blessing over him and changed his name from Jacob, which meant supplanter or deceiver, and changed changed his name to Israel, Prince with God. (laughs) And there's a great change in our identity when we're born again. We come out of that nature of sin, that nature of selfishness, that nature that is ruled by the darkness and the prince of the power of the air, and we come under the dominion of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of light, and the mighty Holy Spirit lives in us, and He guides us, and He instructs us. And so we just want to thank you, Holy Spirit, today that you're a part of today's conversation, that you help us, you guide every heart, each of us, further into truth, further into life, further into light, and out of every lie, every deception, everything that we've believed about ourselves, about God, about life that is wrong. Help us come out of every lie, every deception. Help us walk in the full light of truth. In Jesus' name, if you agree, just say, Amen. So be it, right? So here in Genesis, I'm sorry, I keep saying Genesis, Hebrews chapter 11, it says in verse 22, By faith... Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel, and he gave commandments concerning his bones. Isn't that an interesting scripture? So we've had all these different references, and, and these men, and And what they did, and we just finished up with Isaac, you know, blessing Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. And Jacob, when he was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph. That's Ephraim and Manasseh, and we dealt with that in our last episode. But now we're going to kind of step back, not to hit Joseph's sons, but to Joseph himself, because he spoke about the future, too. And he said, when he was dying, this is a reference to Genesis 50 and verse 25, he made mention when he was dying, and he leaned on his staff, uh, I'm sorry, that's uh, Jacob, when he died, he made mention of the departing of the children of Israel, and he gave commandment concerning his bones. In fact, let's just go back there. I'm going to pull it up here. Uh, not pull it up, but back up in my Bible, Genesis fifty, very last chapter of Genesis. It's the wrap up <laughs> of Genesis. Man, what a what a great read! Genesis is. It's part of our our family heritage, our family legacy. But in Genesis fifty, um, let's just begin in verse twenty two. Just the last few verses of Genesis, Genesis fifty and twenty two. It says. And Joseph dwelt in Egypt, he and his father's house, and Joseph lived a 110 years. And Joseph saw Ephraim's children of the third generation, the children also of Makur, the son of Manasseh, remember Manasseh and Ephraim were his two children, that his father Jacob blessed and brought them up upon Joseph's knees. So he he enjoyed days as a granddaddy and a great granddaddy. <laughs> Amen, that beautiful. And some of you listening, you know the joy of grandchildren. You know the joy of great-grandchildren. Um, those days are yet ahead of me, but I'm looking forward to them. Praise God. And it says in verse 24, And Joseph said unto his brethren, I'm dying. And God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land. They were in Egypt. Bring you out of this land unto the land which he swore to his father, Abraham. Praise God. Now, this is his, you know, this would have been Joseph's great grandfather, Abraham. And God made a promise to Abraham. And how many know, even though generations have passed, God's promise is, is still being upheld. God's promise is still being remembered. There's certain things that, that for them to be fulfilled, they got to they got to work themselves out through generations. And they got to be held on for generations. That means they got to retain value, they got to retain honor from generation to generation to generation. And that's one of the most important things we do as men is we find those things that are worth passing on to our children. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, I heard, I saw, I guess it was a post one time. Somebody said it had a little, a little cowboy and his, his little boy with a cowboy hat on. And, and it says, don't just buy for your children things you never had. Teach your th- things, teach your children things you didn't know when you were young. So yeah, it's good. You know, have fun with, it. I do it. I've, I've bought, I bought things for my sons that I've, I didn't get to enjoy, you know, and just wasn't able to enjoy when I was young. I'm not saying don't do that, but I'm saying not at the expense of giving them the real valuable things that will live on, because how many know that four-wheeler eventually is just going to sit in a garage or get given away, and just it's just going to go away. Maybe you didn't have a four-wheeler when you were young, and you want to make sure your kids have a four-wheeler. Well, praise God. That, that's good. Have fun with it. Enjoy your kids. Enjoy your grandkids. But make sure that that's not not the thing that they understand is most important to you as dad, most important to you as granddad. Make sure they're getting the the lessons that you're learning in life. Make sure they're getting uh, to really taste the faith that guides your heart and the, the Christ that is in you, the the faith that guides you, the, the word that is a compass to your heart and a compass to your mind. Make sure they're learning those lessons and that when they're around you, yeah, they're having fun. I mean, Jesus, kids love to be around Jesus, so God's not a fuddy dud. God loves to have fun with his kids. And so have fun with your kids, have fun with your grandkids um but make sure also in that joy there's the joy of eternal purpose there's the joy of eternal plans and that you always speak generationally tongue tied that you speak generationally uh, of things that matter that things that will never die and so here's something that Joseph is doing he he knows his time is coming to an end, and he's wanting to make sure he he says some things. He said, And he prophesies, and he prophesies according to what God has already spoken to his great-granddaddy Abraham. And that lesson has passed on to his granddad, to his father, and now to him, and he's handing it off to his children, his grandchildren, and he's saying this, God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land unto a land which he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob praise God. And of course, it's just going to be a few hundred years and Moses is going to come on the scene. And that's the next one listed here in Hebrews chapter 11 is Moses, because that's when the great deliverance occurs. That's when hundreds of years later, God visits the nation, the family of the tribes of Israel. That's what Jacob's referring to here. And he said, he's going to visit you And Joseph took an oath with the children of Israel, and he said, God will surely visit you, this is verse 25, and he shall carry you up from this place, and you, I mean, now he's telling me, now I'm going to say something, you carry up my bones with you. And Joseph died being 110 years old, and they embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. Praise God. And of course... You see, that's what Israel did. They they took Joseph's bones with them. And you might. so let's just talk about this just a minute here as we begin our conversation about Joseph. Um, obviously, we're not going to get through this in today's podcast. We're just going to begin the conversation and pick it up next week. But again, this is Genesis fifty twenty five. And it's referenced here in Hebrews 11, 22. God's going to visit you, and he's going to carry up my bones from here. Now, this is something also in Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7, verses 6 and 7. Stephen, when he's being martyred and he's preaching the word of the Lord to those who are going to put him to death by stoning. And we all know that Saul was there consenting to his death. And just a couple chapters later, he's going to meet Jesus on the road to Damascus. And Jesus says to him, Saul, Saul, it's hard for you to kick against the pricks. I'm firmly convinced, and I believe with all my heart, that what he witnessed at the stoning of Stephen, the message Stephen preached, and he went through the whole basically the whole heritage of, of Israel. He kind of walked them through Genesis as if those people didn't know the book of Genesis. But how many of you can know the book of Genesis? You can know the Bible stories and not get the point. I mean, these religious scholars knew the Bible backward and forward. These were doctors of the law. These were what we would call Scripture doctors. They could quote the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch. I mean, these men knew the Word intellectually, yet they didn't know God. Jesus, the Son of God, walked in their midst, and just because they knew Scripture didn't didn't mean they recognized God when He was in the flesh. And so when we're going through these scriptures in Hebrews 11 and we're studying about these men, these men are to help us to get to know Jesus. These men that we're studying are so that the word can become flesh in our lives and we can lead our families. We can lead our our wives and our marriages. We can lead... In our vocation, whatever mountain of influence you, you're you working in, you can bring the kingdom of God to that mountain of influence. You can bring the kingdom of God. You can bring the witness of Christ and the fact that he is risen from the dead and he lives in you. You can take it to your world as a missionary. And so in Acts chapter 7, verse 6 and 7, Stephen also references this deliverance of Israel this prophecy that Abraham gave, this prophecy that Joseph references when he talks about take my bones out of here. So let's talk a bit about that. <clears throat> Obviously there's some obvious connections that, you know, don't leave my don't bury me here. Don't leave my bones. Don't let the resting place of my bones be in the world system. Cause see Pharaoh and Egypt represent the world the spirit of the world, and the world system. You know, Pharaoh was using God's people. Pharaoh was using God's family and God's resources to build His kingdom. He had them making bricks and building with those bricks. He was building his own kingdom. He was building something for his name because Pharaohs in those days were not just kings. They were like gods. They thought themselves to be gods. People were told that they were gods. And so here these pharaohs, these multiple pharaohs over Egypt, these pharaohs, this particular one was using the children of Israel to make bricks to build his kingdom. And the same thing is true today. The spirit of our age, the spirit of Antichrist, the spirit of Satan himself, Lucifer himself, and all of his minions, and all the realm of darkness—they would love nothing more than to use God's people. God, the, you know, because how I many know God owns us all by right of creation, even if you've not. <clears throat> even if you've not accepted Jesus and the testimony of Jesus, even if you're not born again, if you're a human being, you, are, you belong to God by right of creation. He formed you. He fashioned you. Jeremiah 1 says, before you're in your mother's womb, God knew you. God ordained you. God had a plan for you. Now you have to come to Christ. You have to be born again. Jesus said you must be born again. But I'm just saying everyone on the planet belongs to God by right of creation now they're not they're not his they're not fathered by him because I mean they were born into the family of darkness that's why Jesus said you must be born again so that's why we can belong to him by right of creation but we have to come under the fatherhood of God through redemption and through faith in Jesus, where we can be refathered, we can be born from above, we can be born again, born anew with the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. And so here we see <clears throat> that Joseph um, didn't want to be buried in the world. He didn't want his bones left in the world, in the world system, where God was going to deliver the family of God out of that. And that's what Jesus came to do. He came to deliver us from this world system and out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, Colossians 1 says. He came to do that. So Joseph was saying, don't leave my bones in Egypt. Don't leave my bones in this world system. Take me out of here. Take everything that is of me out of here. So obviously that was one you know obvious application. But let's talk even a little bit more about bones. Bones, of course, represented you know, where he was going to be buried, but bones also are the skeleton. They're the framework. They're the framework. Now, Israel was going to be brought into a land of promise, a covenant land prepared for them. But Joseph is saying, take my bones with you. Don't leave my bones in Egypt. But I think it was even more than that. I think he wanted them to know, take My skeleton with you take my remains with you because there's something that was forged in Joseph's life that they were going to need something Joseph learned something Joseph uh, learned as he walked with God having received a dream from God having received favor from his own father and yet having been persecuted by his own brothers and family having his life thrown away. God ultimately fulfilled the dream. God ultimately fulfilled everything that was prophesied of him. And it came to pass against all the odds, against all the persecution, all the resistance, all the rejection. God's word was fulfilled in Joseph's life. And that was a message not only for Jesus. That was a message for you and I today. And so there was something about the framework of Joseph's life, the inner frame how I many you don't see your bones. If you see your bones, you got a problem. <laughs> Get to the hospital immediately if you see your bones. <clears throat> so there's something about what Joseph had in him that the children of Israel, the generations to come of God's family were going to need in them something that his life was built on, something that held his life together. How I many of our skeleton holds our lives together. So there was something that was holding Joseph together when everything was going wrong. There's something that held Joseph together when everything was falling apart. And it was going from worse to worse to worse. And it just he'd get one step ahead, he'd go two steps back, three steps ahead, four steps back, and yet Ultimately, because of what held him together, what was in his bones brought him from the pit to the prison to the palace to the fulfillment of God's promise and God's vision and God's word over his life. So there's something about the bones, but also bones contain the most important building blocks some of the most important cells in your and my body, we've learned this in science in our, in our days, they contain stem cells. Stem cells can be used to rebuild and, and reform and, and make some of the most vital cells in your body stem cells. But the most important stem cell is the stem cell regarding your blood, which contains your DNA. People who receive a stem cell transplant, they're actually getting the DNA from the donor. So praise God, when we are born again, we get regenerated. (laughs) Regenerated, amen. We get brand new DNA. We receive the divine nature of agape. We receive the divine nature of God. We get that cross is like a stem cell. We receive a new gene in our spirit, a new gene in our life. And so science teaches us that bone marrow contains the stem cells. It's most importantly, the blood stem cells that contain the DNA. It was that which was in Joseph that the children of Israel were going to need In them to go all the way with God. And what was in Christ was going to need to be in us for us to go all the way with God. And so when he said, take up your cross and follow me, if you've been marked by Christ and you want to aim at Christ likeness, then we can learn so much from the life of Joseph. And we're going to pick up the conversation in, in future podcasts, probably at least one or two more podcasts. We're going to dig into the life of Joseph, because there's one, this is one of the most amazing pictures of what Jesus did. Because Jesus came to save his lost brothers. You know, the Bible says Jesus is the first begotten from the dead. Romans teaches us. He's the first begotten from the dead. He's the first raised among many. He wants to bring many sons to glory, many brothers. He is the first begotten. And so just like Joseph came to save his family, God sent him ahead I mean, he, at the end of his life, he says, you, you thought you threw my life away. You thought you rejected me. You thought you got rid of me. But no, God was just simply sending me ahead of you through his sovereign wisdom and through the, the power of redemptive love and favor and forgiveness. Because that's what was in the, the DNA of Joseph, favor and forgiveness. So as we work towards the close in today's conversation, we're talking about favor and forgiveness. Favor and forgiveness. That was what Joseph learned. He got a dream at the beginning of his life. He knew he was favored. But what he was going to have to learn was forgiveness. He was going to have to learn to forgive his brothers, his family that rejected him, that didn't understand him. He was going to have to not only receive the favor that come from God, he was going to have to learn forgiveness, and he was going to have to forgive his brothers. He was going to have to forgive those who didn't understand him so that God could use him to bring about a great deliverance. That's what I'm quoting Scripture here. But this is clearly what Jesus did, and this is clearly what the cross teaches us. The cross teaches us we're favored. The cross teaches us we're forgiven. And this is what we're going to learn as we get into the life of Joseph. We're going to understand about favor. We're going to understand about forgiveness. And we're going to learn as we walk with Jesus all our days, we're going to learn more about favor, and we're going to learn more about forgiveness. And if your life has been marked by Christ, you've been marked by favor. If your life has been marked by Christ, you've been marked by forgiveness. And that means we now have the joy and the privilege And the adventure (laughs) of touching other people with favor and forgiveness. Most importantly, we touch our spouses. As men, we touch our wives with favor and forgiveness. We touch our sons and daughters, our grandchildren, with favor and forgiveness. We go to work. We go into that mountain of influence that God has sent us into to be a light for Jesus Christ and to bring His kingdom and the influence and dominion of his kingdom into that realm, and we touch them with favor and forgiveness. I hope you're going to join me in the upcoming episodes. Uh, I want to make sure that I hear from you. You know, again, this is a conversation. We want to hear from you here at Family Mission, myself here on the Marksman Podcast. I want to hear from you, men. I want to hear what uh, God is speaking to you. Through the podcast. I want to hear what your questions might be. I want to hear what your prayer request might be. I want to be praying for you specifically. I pray generally for everyone who listens to this podcast. I pray in the Holy Ghost. I pray as God leads. But if you have specific prayer requests, I'd love to be praying for you. Our family would love to be praying for you. And you can email us at SpelmanMinistries at gmail.com. Again, SpelmanMinistries at gmail.com. S-P-E-L-L. M-A-N, ministries, plural, at gmail.com. It should be in the footnotes of the podcast. But again, just email me. Let me know what your prayer request is. Let me know what your testimony is. Give me some praise reports. Brag on Jesus. Amen. Brag on the Word of God. Brag on God. Brag on the Lord and let me hear what God's doing in your life. And again, if there's any topics you want to see discussed here on Marksman, Put those questions there in an email. Let me hear from you. And again, make sure you check out our website if you haven't recently, SpelmanMinistries.org. Resources there for you. If you're not getting the newsletter, or I should say even the weekly devotional, make sure you sign up on our website uh, and just give us your email address. And then every Monday you'll get a short devotional in your inbox. And then occasionally as we have updates from our ministry and it's just occasional, you're not going to be hit, you know, constantly with with a lot of email, just every Monday you get a short devotional to encourage your conversation with your family and with the Lord. So um, again, Thanks for being a part of the conversation today. I hope you're enjoying this conversation as we go through the Hall of Faith, (laughs) the Hall of Fame, God's Hall of Fame, the Hall of Faith, and you're enjoying enjoying the journey and the conversation. But we're going to dig even further into the life of Joseph, and we're going to learn about the power of favor How it can shift you and your life and your legacy and the power of forgiveness. How it can shift forth God's plan, God's redemptive plan in your life and in my life. So I want to thank you for being a part of Marksman. I'm praying for you. I want to hear from you. God bless you today.